Does setting goals stress you out? Does setting goals make you feel like you're setting yourself up for failure? Do you feel like you rarely get any further than the writing stage with your goals? On today's episode, returning guest Sky Fagrell discusses how answering these three questions gets us on the path to successfully mapping out our goals. We talk about how we measure success, how it applies to multiple aspects of our lives, and how we can take small, actionable steps toward making our goals a reality. We feel like it's up to us to hold the line As we light the spark within ourselves It comes from way deep down inside We're so sick of the status quo We are here to let you know Unaddressed problems are alive Mr. Sky for Grell, thanks for coming back on the show. Super excited to be here with you, Ryan. This is a great show and love your audience and happy to hope to contribute some value. Right on. Always, always. Um, we last had you on episode 91. It was more fit for the kingdom talking about your book and talking about the strategies that you implement in order to set and achieve goals. And uh, this time we're going to be talking about how, how we, we can measure for success. And uh, specifically, one of the posts you made on your social media uh, earlier this week, I think it, maybe it was later last week, you brought up the idea of three questions, three questions you should ask yourself um, in regards to goals. And uh, one of those questions was, well, the first question was, do goals stress you out? Right. And the second question was, does making goals feel like you're setting yourself up for failure? And the third one was, do you feel like you rarely get further than the writing stage? Yep. So let's talk about each of those questions and some of the things we can do to help kind of get ourselves over those hurdles. Yeah. You know, when I, those three right there, Ryan, those have come from like years of experience working with people that when you talk, you know, you mention the word goal, you can see them like, literally retreat inside their mind and like pull back from the desk and drop their pen. And yeah. just, there's, you know what I'm saying? Like they, there's so much stress that they sometimes feel in setting goals. And I, I, you know, here's the end of the story from the beginning. I don't believe that there should be there. I don't think it's needed, but there's a lot of, I don't know, maybe poor goal setting techniques or misunderstanding that has led to that real fear and anxiety of, of even putting pen to paper mm -hmm. because it's just like this automatic self-esteem hit or I'm not going to succeed. I'm going to fail. I, I haven't been successful in the past. And so I, I, I have those three because I've seen it. It's it, people, a lot of people possess one, if not all three of those, when you, when you start talking about goals. Yeah, definitely. And and there are a lot of different types of systems out there. Um, I think we've all heard of SMART goals. Um, but yeah, for those people who might not actually have ever put pen to paper when writing down goals or trying to map something out, uh, it, it can definitely be intimidating. Um, you know, and you, 
sometimes you just don't know where to start. So I feel like asking these questions is a perfect place to start <laughs> to kind of right. exactly. debrief any anxiety that people might have because just that getting started part is, is oftentimes the biggest hurdle that we face, you know? Yeah, totally. So, so you know, on that, on that line, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ryan, no, go, go ahead. ahead. You're right. You know, I, ahead. I, I think one of the concepts there with goal setting that is stressful or that may lead to failure is just, is where to start, you know, like, what do I do? And yeah. I, you know, I try to diffuse that in, in workshops or on one-on-ones with, with helping people understand, like, don't worry about the finished product, not, not only like where you'll be in three to six months or something, but like even just how it looks on the page. Don't worry about it. Just like, what is, where do you want to go? You know, I have talked before, I, I focus on a four factors of fitness, right? but you know, w- with where you want to go, just try to write something down on paper, whether it's a keyword or phrase or a paragraph or, you know, just get something out. And I, I diffuse like the stress of that first step of writing it out by, by, kind of making a an object lesson I, I usually bring in like a funnel to these workshops if i'm if i'm getting to do it in person mm-hmm. like the kind you pour gasoline you know or oil into your car you know so it's like the funnel with the little yeah. end on it and i say goals should be like this but then on that end that's putting the oil like sometimes you'll even see this it'll have a filter on it like a little metallic filter and those are the perfect ones to bring in for this object lesson like it, it's a funnel with a filter on the end and we're going to pour something into it to begin with. But by the time it comes out, it'll be refined and worked through. You'll have some steps and some components to maybe de-stressify it. If that's, if that's a word, but yeah, it is just, now. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to, I'm going to count that one as mine, but pour it in there <laughs> and let's just see what, how it starts, have a pencil and paper and an eraser and we'll just kind of work through steps. But the stress of even writing it down, right? It's real. And people like, I don't know how this is going to look. Is this going to fit the smart format? Or, you know, I follow a more fit format, whatever it is, they worry about it being a finished product, like from their brain to the paper on their first write out. Yeah. And this adds to the overall then process. If they're stressed at that point, <laughs> the goal process of achieving it is going to be stressful too. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, one of the things that comes to mind when you talk about writing it out and then even with object lessons, um, I'm a big fan of Leonardo da Vinci and looking through his notebooks, that's all he did was write things down. I mean, Mm. even if it's like a half thought there, there's multiple times on his, in his notebooks where there's like half sentences or half started ideas, you know, and it's like, I wonder if halfway through writing that, if some other revelation came to be and it just started another floodgate, like who knows, but um, just getting it out and manifesting it into like from your, from your brain through your hand onto the paper is that physical manifestation of putting that thing out in the world. Now that thing actually exists. And, and just like Da Vinci's notebooks, like it doesn't have to be perfect right off the bat. It's a continual like refinement process as you work on it and improve it, it becomes something new altogether even. Yes. And, and, you know, and and learning early on, I mean, the Vinci's notebook is a perfect idea because you'll be able to see progression of illustrations and refinements and adjustments and whether it's a sculpture drawing or whatever he's doing, but that having that idea too, like, Hey, write it down. It's it's not going to, this isn't in stone. We're writing it down. It's not the 10 commandments and it's never going to alter. Like, 
knowing early on, like goals should be flexible in nature. Not that we're trying to dumb them down or make excuses when we don't meet them, but there's just sometimes you have to build in that what I'm writing down today and what I hope to accomplish might look different two to three weeks as I've, when I'm getting into it. Yeah. Not only might we realize that it needs to be more realistic or maybe more challenging or less challenging or something, you know, yeah. but it, it, life just happens. You know, we've saw this at the start of COVID where, you know, people, if they had a gym goal, you know, at the start of last year or something like that was, that was going to be really hard for them to meet that gym goal. And they had to maybe adjust and go home and do something at home. Well, that's a time to make your goal flexible and modify it, adjust it to your, your new environment, your new gym that's in your backyard and you're doing pushups and sit-ups and that's all you got. Yeah. So you just have to, from the front end, feel confident and comfortable knowing, Hey, I'm going to write this down. And I'm not only going to maybe adjust what this statement looks like in this goal setting process today, like this bout in the ring of goal setting, but then over the next few months or weeks, I might have to adjust and modify it. And that's going to be okay. That part there is a major stressor for people and thinking, oh man, what am I supposed to do? What if I don't get it right today? Just start, just get going, push yourself in the right direction and know that goals by nature should be modifiable and adjustable. And that'll help you get to where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely, my man. Absolutely. So when, when I would see you at the gym, when I'd go work out at the gym, when I'd yeah. see you there, um, and I just finished a challenge actually that I've been note taking and documenting and I mean, you were very stringent. I'm not sure if you were building a specific program or if it was like something that you were just personally working on, but I mean, you'd have your journal, you'd complete your set, you'd write it down. And I'm curious as to what are some of the things you would write down? Is it uh, like how many sets and reps and weight? And then maybe would you write down an element of how you felt after the third set or, you know what I mean? I'm curious yeah, as to how, how you make that measurement. Yeah, um, that's a great question to my old man binder that I'm carrying around there. Right? <laughs> yeah, same here, man. I, I just turned 40 last week. And so I'm like, Oh, I'm the guy with the binder now. <laughs> yep. It's uh, I get as many, I get made fun of as much as I get complimented on that. But yeah, <laughs> My wife continually points out that, you know, that they have apps for this, you know, sweetheart that you can have on your phone, but right. I, there's something about having my, my three ring binder and my spreadsheets and yeah, uh, I like in my hand, but so yeah, like with there, I have goals and I usually break my fitness goals into about three, a one month to three month type of categories, depending on, on what it is. And uh, so I have, you know, like you said, I sets and reps is a big thing for me and just recording where I'm at. Some people might have a memory that's different than, than yours and mine, Ryan, where they can be like, this is exactly what I did last week and they don't need to write it down. Right. But I, my default, I, I even today I was in there and I was shooting for a, a certain amount of reps on um, a deadlift and I was going to just hit what I had done the last two weeks, which, you know, doing the same thing two or three weeks in a row isn't a bad idea, but I was going to really kind of waste about where I, I didn't increase in weight or in reps at a, at a time when which my body was prepared to do it. So right. I checked my thing ahead of time. I loaded up a little bit extra weight and did, a little bit extra weight and did two extra reps. And so having the, the record in front of me, which again, whether you use a binder or an app or you just have an amazing memory, but it really helped me to, to chart my progress and to make a little bit of a jump so that next time I go in there, my new norm is going to be, you know, what I hit today on that, on that deadlift. Otherwise, 
it's just really easy to default where we're most comfortable or where we thought we were. But having it charted was really easy for me to go, okay, I've done that before. I've done it two, three weeks before, actually. So my body's going to be prepared to do a little bit heavier and a little bit more volume. I'll do two more reps today. And I was able yeah. to accomplish it. So it totally yeah. helped me out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, even like <laughs> you're working out, you're in that hypoxic state. It's like, am I remembering correctly what I did last week? I'm not yeah. sure. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm totally I mean, I, in agreement with you on that, writing it down. <laughs> yeah. When you asked me too about feelings, Ryan, like it's funny, two, two types of things came to my mind when you said that, like one, especially after cardio bouts, I will like, I, I, I'm in, one of my goals is to improve my 10 mile runs, which I don't oh, use right. to run yeah, 10 yeah. miles. Okay. Like this isn't, yeah. something, but like, I've been working up to it for a number of months and I finally got to a point where I'm feeling good running a couple of weeks ago. I had like a runner's high type of run where I was running it like eight fifty five ten 10 miles, like eight wow. minute 55 second pace for 10 miles. Nice. But I jumped all the way to eight fifteen, and wow. from one week to the next and was just pumped and stoked. Like, wow, this is my new norm. Yeah. Well, this last week I ran it at eight twenty six, which was still a big improvement, but I could feel myself during the run starting to diminish the accomplishment, starting to get discouraged. Uh, thinking, Man, What's wrong with me? Yeah. But by the time I finished it, I had, I had kind of worked through it and was like, you know what? I'm, I'm actually more proud of this run because it's not as easy. I'm, I'm really having to work to get the 826. And this is probably more where I'm at than the 815. 815 is kind of an anomaly. That was kind of a one-off. But this 826, I really had to pay the price. Yeah. And But I, I could feel that same mental stress that some of my clients do or organizations I'm working with when you talk about goals, because I had had this peak performance, this 815. Yeah. And, and, so, uh, and that's where that mental kind of mental wellness comes into it. Like how you're feeling about that certain thing. Yeah. And so I went back to my notes. I looked at it because I, I had written down how I felt after the 815. And I, I saw all these telltale signs of, Hey, you know what? That really wasn't me. The wind probably actually was at my back on the way home. <laughs> and, and it was, I, my nutrition that week was on point. I, I could look back. I had had some meetings with clients and I had eaten out and it, it was not ideal for running. <laughs> and uh, so I, but at the same time, why not celebrate an 826? My previous best was an 855. And right here I was getting discouraged because it wasn't this glorious one in a, you know, a really fortunate run, a great run. I'm, I'm happy about it, but not indicative of, of my, my skill level at this point. Right. Yeah. It's still, it's still in your, in your window. I guess you yeah. could say. Yeah, it's there. So, yeah, and if not. you're if the 855 is is your is your top metric, I guess, and then let's say you're running at like a a 1020, then you're like, whoa, what was going on there? Like, yeah. that that would be a little bit more warranted. But yeah, like you're you're operating in this sweet spot, and uh, I feel like giving yourself some grace in that is is totally important. Yeah, and and again, like that's where you and I are on the same page of, Hey, that's progress. You're making improvement. Some guys get so some men and women get so locked into, well, Hey, if you did that eight fifteen, that needs to be never any slower than that. And I, yeah, like that's the new standard. Yeah. And, and that's where the goals become discouraging. If you're, if you're not, you know, I have all this data. I had my last, I think I posted about my last six runs and like the eight twenty six is except for that one, it's my yeah. best 
run. And so having that data, having charted my progress, having recorded that both the, you know, time and distance and how I felt really has helped make that 826 feel good to me. You know, I'm satisfied with it. I'm, I'm really proud of it. And I can see like in the future, 815s are there. I've already done it, but it's not what I should be holding myself to at this point. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's interesting that you brought up the, you've already done it comment because, um, I'm taking my, my oldest boy has been very consistent in coming to the church or coming to the gym, church in the gym, pretty much the same thing, right? Mental, spiritual, but, uh, he, uh, he's starting coming a lot more consistently and it's showing and he's seeing it in himself and his friends are seeing it in him. And there was a point where it was difficult to motivate him because he felt kind of like that same way. Well, if I, if I don't perform at this peak, then it's all for nothing. And I'm like, Hey man, like, I know you can do this because I just watched you do it. Like if he's on the bench and he's trying to put up, you know, 135 pounds and we're in the second set and he's like, Oh, I can't do it. And I'm like, dude, I just watched you do it. So like, accept the fact that you've already done this. This is merely you doing it again, not for the first time. So that was a huge motivation to him. Like him just hearing those words, like you've already done it. It, it lit a fire in him. And so I can only imagine like that, you know, that runtime, the fact that you've already done it, it kind of checks that box, but it also reaffirms your faith in yourself to be able to do that thing. hundred percent. And Ryan, that, that's where a lot of people lose the evidence in their life of the strength that they're gaining. And sometimes, you know, you mentioned church and gym. The other, sometimes this happens spiritually to people. Like they don't record cool spiritual things that happen in their life. Right. Where they, where they felt aligned with a higher power or their moral code. Sometimes it happens in their relationships where they don't celebrate the, the wins as a couple or as a family. They don't take a picture of the cool vacation and, and it's, it's forgotten. Yeah. We see it here, you know, in your case with your son at the gym, you know, like he's needed to be reminded, Hey, you've done that. You've been there. You know, when I was pursuing some of the, you know, like a bench press, I wanted to get to 300 pounds at one point before I get there, it took, I failed so many times once I got there and I knew I could do it. Then I, I hit that mark and went above it. Once I, Oh, wow. I can get this off the rack and then to my chest and off my chest back on the rack. I've done it. And then it, you know, became What's the next thing? So when we have then recorded it, and, and that's, again, a part of goal setting that you got to make some measurable things to count little wins along the way before you get to that final destination. When you've recorded it, you've, you get that motivation. You get those you know tiny little flecks of gold rather than the, the gold nugget that you're waiting for at the end. You, you get these tiny flecks of golds along the way that really keep you in the fight, keep you going back to wherever it is you're trying to progress, you know, work or family or gym. And uh, if you're not counting those or figuring out a way to do it, it's, it's, tar- it's tough to keep that motivation, keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely correct. Um, in regards to the setting goals and, and feeling like you're setting yourself up for failure, um, how do you approach or how do you encourage clients or organizations that you may be working with, how to maybe remove that? mentality do you feel like it's a removal of that mentality or do you feel like it's setting up a structure or a system 
to go around it or through it, I guess. I, I think in some cases, both, you know, like part of the challenge with this, I'm, I'm afraid of failing is <laughs> I hope you fail. There, there needs to be the embracing of the concept of, yeah, your, your goal is to, let's say, run an eight minute, 10 miler. You're not going to run it on the first try. Right. And, yeah. and when the organizations or individuals embrace that, okay, I'm trying to get to a place that I'm not. So me writing a goal to get there doesn't now enable me physically or mentally or professionally or spiritually to get there. I, I just wrote the goal. So failure is going to be uh, part of the process. Yeah. I have a daughter right now just starting piano lessons. She's talented. She's gifted. She's a hard worker, but she's been going to piano practice like it's a piano performance and discouraged that the teacher has, is correcting her and giving feedback to her, which I'm trying to explain. Hey, this is the point of practice. Like you're going right. to get feedback and to, to, to show where you're at, but this isn't the recital. This isn't performance time. You're in practice time. And so individuals or organizations going for a goal, if, if it's a meaningful and a well-set goal, it's a place where they haven't been. So they're trying to move from point A to point B, thinking that you're going to make that jump uh, immediately without failure or without needing to revisit the strategy board of how you're going to get there. Well, yeah, that you're going to have a pretty negative experience because failure is going to be the stepping stones to the successful completion of the goal like you're going to fail a lot of times yeah but that's how you're going to get there or maybe failing isn't the right word but you're going to fall short you know as you're building strength on the bench or you know mile time or whatever it is you're working on it's not going to be the final destination during the process the process is getting you there and failure is part of it so if yeah. the mindset can be changed of okay here we go. We're going to have some bumps and bruises. We're trying something new. We're going to do something differently. Our processes probably aren't perfectly aligned. We're going to strategize the best we can, you know, to anticipate, but our game plan may be off. And so from week to week, we're going to huddle up. We're going to adjust and refine the process so that we can get to point B because we're not there yet. Exactly. Yeah. You don't, you don't get to start at point B, right? <laughs> no it would be nice like, right when you're putting that ikea furniture together you don't often get yeah. to start at like step seven <laughs> yeah and you mess Unless up on one is... of those darn dowels and yeah. you're... shoot what am i gonna do now yeah um and you know what i'm guilty of that too man uh wanting it to be perfect the first time i've been so guilty of that and and i it's taken some acceptance in myself to be like you know what this is where I refine myself. Like this is where it happens. And uh, I think I've brought this up before, but I have a, a sword, a claymore hanging in my house. And it's actually a replica of William Wallace's sword. Wow. And cool. I use it for different object lessons for my kids, you know, depending on what, what they're going through. And this was one of the things that uh, I was talking about to them with in when, when you're forging a blade, you know, it takes hours of intense heat and, and force and just pounding away on that blade to make sure that it's the right form before it's arrived at where it's supposed to be to do what it's supposed to do. And so 
only through that refiner's fire and only through that forge and getting beaten again and again does that thing manifest and become what it's ultimately meant to do, you know? And, and this is no different. This is no different. Accepting those little, those little bumps along the way. I mean, honestly, I've gotten to the point where not only have I accepted that, but I feel, I don't know. I feel like at home in that, in that space, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I reminds me of I, an old adage. I was taught young and love it. Uh, I think it's Ralph Waldo Emerson who said it, but that that which we persist in doing becomes easier. Not that the nature of the thing itself has changed, but that our ability to do it has increased. Yes. And, you know, I, I think that applies here to whether you're talking about a sword that, you know, is needing to be you know, in the fire and beaten or us pursuing our goals. But we need to understand, like, the thing itself isn't becoming easier. Right. Like the nature, but our ability to do it increases. The thing is always going to be hard. Yeah. And so when you're trying to make a goal, a, a progression from point A to point B, that is going to be a steep incline. There's going to be a learning curve. It could be as simple as like you got a new computer and you're trying to learn how to use it. That can be really frustrating, right? Like it's a new program or a new device. You're going from an Android to an Apple. It's like, this does not work. Well, it's going to be just as complicated and complex in six months when you know how to do it just right as it is day one, but you have just improved in your ability to do the complex and difficult thing. Our bodies are amazing like that. Our minds are amazing like that. So you stick with it. Having a goal written down, having a strategy in place kind of keeps you at through those those hard times in which you feel like I'm never going to get my mile time down or improve the number of pull-ups I can do or you know, become a better professional at the office. Well, keep at it, you know, work on those strategies, the processes you've developed, they will become easier. It's always going to be a hard thing, but your ability to do it now has, you know, been amplified. It's been improved. And, and now it's become a hard thing that you can do easily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. So we're, we're talking about writing the goals um, writing goals down is a big step. Um, and then when you feel like you're setting yourself up for failure, kind of give yourself some grace and accept that it's part of the process. And so we've done those things. How, how, how can we encourage ourselves? How can we encourage others to get further than that writing stage? You know, I think, I think part of the the thing is to, make sure you're emotionally connected to what it is you want to do. And let's just put it in the individual case rather than in a business. Some, you know, sometimes a, a business will have like their, you know, vision statement and their goals. And, and it, it comes sometimes becomes complex because not all the employees are actually committed to those things. And that that's a hard thing, whether it's in a family or in an organization mm-hmm. to align yourself with maybe objectives that you weren't there to plan in the first place which goes to another strategy, Ryan, we can talk about later, just making sure the team is on board with what the goals are, if there is a team goal. But in the individual arena, I think it's crucial to make sure you're emotionally connected to whatever it is you're doing. And and what I mean by emotionally connected is that you're doing it for you or or for the right reasons that you are aligned with and committed to. You know, a, a kid going, like you talked about your son going to the gym with you, if he's just going to please dad, or, you know, there's some kind of incentive at home and he's not really 
interested in going to the gym, it's going to be really hard for him to stay motivated and to go there with the right kind of attitude and energy level to get much out of the gym experience. Yeah. So individuals that say, I want to go to the gym, like, you know, January to March, we see that. And it's just like, maybe they like the idea of what they've seen on, you know, a commercial about what someone looks like, but if, unless they're really invested in exercising and improving their fitness, it's drudgery for them. It's torture for them. Yeah. And so I, I would always encourage a person and, and they may not know it on the initial goal setting, writing down process. But one of the things I in, encourage them to check throughout is, are you really emotionally connected to this? Like I, I'm 44 now. You mentioned you just turned 40, right? Is that mm-hmm. where yeah. you're at? So I, I set a, a goal a while back to be able to match the amount of full extension pull-ups I could do with my age. All right. So this was really oh, cool. Nice. When I was like, this is cool when I was 20, Ryan. All right. So was, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was cool when I was 30, yeah. but 44, like <laughs> I really had to just <laughs> dial that thing back in because gosh, it was so much work. It was taken away from so many other things to do. And like, I'm happy I can still rip off 25 to 30, but like, I just had to really kind of, I'm not emotionally connected to doing 44 pull-ups. Like it became something that wasn't important to me. Yeah. But I only discovered that because it sounded so good, right? Hey, I'm going to be 44. I'm going to do 44 pull-ups when I'm 45. It sounds cool, right? Like, yeah. but when I came down to it, like, ah, that's really not what I want to do. I don't want to be the guy that can do 44 pull-ups. I, I'm happy to be able to healthily bust out 20 when I need to bust them out or really push the thing and see where I'm at. I, I think I could get to 30, but 44, no, I'm not there. And uh, I'm okay with that. Right. Yeah. And, and that's just it, man. Just, I'm okay with that. Um, it, the, what is it? The equitable connection. Like uh, when you were 20, busting out 20, not a problem. And, and now, honestly, like I, I would love to, challenge other 40 and 44 year olds to bust out 20, you know, and if you put yeah, it in let's perspective, go. Come on, five yeah. community. these are guys <laughs> that could probably do that with 45 pounds of weights around there. They're going, I could do 44 and I'm 55 right, right now, you know, maybe that's the new challenge, the new firehouse challenge. We'll see. <laughs> but this audience is like, what are you wimps talking about? <laughs> but it's true. It's like, um, you know, that thing is, is it relative? Is, is this goal relative to what it is I'm trying to do? And as you evolve and as you change, your goals are going to evolve and your goals are going to change because you will either have met or not met previous goals. And then that sets you on that different path to that, that new thing. But yeah, uh, yeah man, that emotionally connected buy-in, that is huge. Yeah. It's so huge. And I feel honestly, like with the, the books that I'm reading and the, the other podcasts that I'm listening to, I feel like it's the emotional connection that's really being promoted back into a sense of, of business and corporations and organizational health. And, you know, there was this huge period of like stagnation and, and everybody was in their little caste system and their silo within their organizations. But now it's like, if you're truly a team, you've got to be emotionally connected and invested in what it is you're doing. And you brought up mission statements and vision and all of that organizationally. 
and and some people don't even know what they are. You no. know, some people have been working at organizations or, or fire departments for 20 years. And if you ask them what the mission, vision, and values are, they're not going to be able to tell you, which is yeah, crazy to me. It's yeah, sad. That, that connection to a workplace cause and, you know, what, what that team is all about is, is crucial. And, and especially in the younger workforce coming up, like they'll take a lower pay to be with an organization who, whose cause they believe in. Yep, absolutely. You know, but I, I would think with part of my work with organizations too, is to like take those things from the wall and put it into the hearts of the employees. And, and I think one of the things that happens is that they were maybe written by a previous iteration of that team that is no longer there. And that current team is working on the goals and objectives and visions of a, of a previous team or administration. So yeah. if there's that stagnation there, I, I, you know, one thing to do with that firehouse or that, even that family, like families have this, you know, like the Fergrell family, we had this, these goals when our kids were a certain age. Well, now we've had to adjust it. I think regularly identifying, okay, here is the destination. Is our mission statement still the same? Are, are our values and, and our core beliefs and the processes that we want to employ to get there still the same? Getting buy-in, not just from, you know, if, you know, Ryan's the head of this team, not just your input, but like, hey, okay, guys, we're all together here. Let's really dial in on where we all want to be. Get some input, feedback, not just, you know, lip service, but actual construction of that. Now you've got a team that probably is going to be more emotionally connected, more ownership. And then you can move forward with people having real buy-in in the creation and identification of what it is they're they're working toward that workplace cause. Yep, absolutely. I second that motion. Um, the uh, the getting past the writing stage, uh, tying emotional emotional value to those goals is is a huge motivator. Huge. I mean, we all see the the uh, like the time-lapse photos of people who have lost a bunch of weight because they've decided like this yeah. year is the year, like I've had enough. Yeah. And, and they have that emotionally connectivity. Um, and some people I feel, and I've been guilty of this at times, maybe go too overabundant in their, in their goal setting. And they're like, well, I'm going to do this by this time. And then we have to kind of throttle back because it's not actually attainable at that point yeah. due to certain circumstances. And every, like, you know, everybody's got their own circumstances, but I do understand that sometimes we can be lofty. And so one of the, one of the strategies that I employ to get past that writing stage is to, I guess, reverse engineer the goal is how I would describe it. Like, what's the, the ultimate goal you, you mentioned writing down the ultimate thing, like the number one thing you're working towards. And then uh, what I've gotten in the habit of doing is taking a step back from that and even like two or three steps back from that and, and writing down, okay, this small actionable step is the thing that I can take action in every day to work toward that bigger goal. And have you, have you experienced anything like that or witnessed someone oh, who was able that's to, great, Ryan. That, I love that you re, you say reverse engineer it. I, you got to make it a micro sized goal, you know, the, the little, stepping stones to get to that place. And, and too often that, that, that portion of the workshop where a client or an organization, I'm working with them on making it measurable, that takes, that's probably going to be the longest part of the goal setting time. Like, yeah. and I would tell someone up front, like setting goals, isn't going to be five minutes. Like no. 
you could maybe pencil out the uh, objective. Like, here's my overall thing. And like, I'm going to write down four areas I want to improve in. But the overall process is really going to take time up front. You know, it's just like my my workbook you mentioned. I, I take oh, a right. lot of time at the start of a three-month, I'm going to start a new program or work on this thing. I really noodle out. Here's what I'm going to do every day between, you know, January and March or whatever to get to that point. And I, so I can just go to the gym, look at things. Here's what I'm doing today and not have to worry about it. But it took a lot of time on day one. So building in measurable components that are, like I mentioned earlier, like the little tiny flecks of gold, like you have to have something that will make you feel like you're progressing before you get to that gold nugget at the end. Yeah. And people that don't build those in, they just, you burn out. Yeah. You know, like I wanted to lose 20 pounds and I'm not there. Well, have you lost five? Yeah. Right. yeah but I like, wanted to lose 20. You're only a quarter of the way in. You're right on time. Like, let's just chill yeah. out. You know, yeah, measure what you're doing as you're going. And it, you'll find that emotional connection. You'll find motivation. You'll be able to feel like, okay, this is attainable and, and keep moving forward. Yeah. Absolutely. You mentioned uh, the weight loss thing and I've had, I've had some clients and they're like, well, I want to lose 20 pounds by this date. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then the first week they'll lose like three or four and, you know, because they haven't, they're now doing something they've never done. And so their body's in freak out mode and it's going to, you know, it's, it's kind of meeting the challenge, but then it's going to go into stubborn mode in week two and three. <laughs> and, and they might have only lost like one and a half pounds and then the world is over right like it, it's just like you mentioned um your run like your 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 new record and then the other one which was like it's still good like you're still you're still making progress yeah uh, that's, that's a really good point and weight loss is a stubborn thing and it's so hard you know and oh yeah so much in in the fitness realm is based on that darn scale and it's like just one way to measure fitness and probably not even the best but yeah so many get locked in on that right i'm sure a lot of these clients you're working with i've seen the way you you lift and train and if all they're concerned with and, and many times that's why they get a trainer right i want to lose weight yeah. yeah but you have to introduce to them other measurables well hey okay good we're going to keep putting you on the scale that's pretty easy go over there the number comes up but on week one, you were able to do five push-ups, and now we're here on week three. Your weight hasn't changed a whole lot, but you can do fifteen push-ups. Like that's right. amazing fitness gain. And look at the way you know your shirt is fitting. Like your right. weight has only gone down a few pounds, but your shirt is fitting great. Your belt size has gone down. Like so, there's all these other things that actually indicate fitness that so many times aren't even explored, used, charted, measured, and and so people get discouraged because of their goal setting efforts. And you can apply these same things in all the other areas because they've chosen the wrong measurement. Either they don't have a measurement at all, or they've chosen a measurement that I think, you know, the scale is fine. I'm not totally discounting it, but it's just, it's not really a fitness measure. It's a weight measure that sometimes right. you get more fit and you put on weight and you look better. Just, Absolutely. And so it's just like, it's a crazy thing. And, and, and so when people, that measurement stage of setting goals that sets you up for success just about as much as writing it down. Like, here's how I'm going to properly measure that I'm progressing. Yeah. It takes work. It takes time. You have to be creative sometimes to figure out how you're going to measure the, the thing you're, you're, you're shooting for. But that work is 
is gold. That really helps you set you up for success, uh, you know, as you're moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate, I appreciate our conversations. I always appreciate you see, seeing you at the gym. Yeah. Totally. Um, uh, let's say where can, where can people find you? I mean, I know people have probably listened to the previous episode, but let's refresh their memories. Yeah. You know, I love posting on Instagram just cause it's clean. It's easy. It's quick. Um, so I'll put up there three or four posts, two or three stories a week. And if you want to contact me for any of the information here or goal setting, or I have a packet that sometimes I'll send out to people after a show like this, of a lot of the principles we've just talked about, but hit me up on more fit for life. And that's the way you spell more fit for life, except the word for is the number four. So on Instagram at more fit for life, that's the easiest. And I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and all those places too, but um, yeah, hit me there and, and we can connect in any way. And, and you can see a lot of what I do right there. Right on, man. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, you too. Take care, my man. All right. Till the next time, my friend. <laughs> Bye. Man, I just love talking to that guy. He, uh, he is very insightful, has a lot of knowledge to impart, um, both physically, mentally, spiritually. I mean, the, the four pillars that he talks about in his book, More Fit for the Kingdom, he, he absolutely lives by. And it's, uh, it's impressive to see. So if you want to get a copy of that book, you can go to Amazon. You can find it on his website, More Fit for the Kingdom. Um, buy a copy. It's, it's a great practical resource. It'll help teach you how to use the four quadrants that he talks about. It'll teach you how to journal it out. And like we mentioned today, the three questions that, that kind of hang people up in regards to goals. Do goals stress you out? Well, if they do, write it down. Take these steps, right? Number two, do goals feel like you're setting yourself up for failure? Well, adapt and overcome. Maybe reverse engineer that goal and take two or three steps back and see what is the, what is the smallest step I could take toward that goal. And if that's the smallest one, well, that's going to be easy to imp implement into my everyday life. And then number three, do you feel like with goals, you rarely get further than the writing stage? And this is where we take those small, actionable steps, right? We, we utilize that reverse engineering that we've done and we implement those small, actionable steps. So like, for example, if I wanted to start running in the morning, my small, actionable step could be to make sure I set my alarm on my days off so that I'm awake at that time. And maybe I don't even go running right then. Maybe this is just me training myself to wake up at that time. And so the next week I add step two into the mix. So I'll wake up at that time and then I'll get my running stuff on. And then step three, I'll wake up at that time. I'll get my running stuff on and then I'll go for a walk. You know, it's those small steps that we can take consistently over time that are going to get us to where we want to be. As always, you guys, thank you so much for listening to the Ignited Firefighter podcast. I hope you got a lot out of our discussion today. Uh, go follow Sky on Instagram. Uh, he puts out some great stuff, and he's got a great perspective. And uh, you can find me on Instagram as well, at IgnitedFF. I'm on Facebook and Twitter with the same handle. You can also go to the website and check out what we're doing, www.ignitedff.com. And just keep in mind that all of this is to help you be the firefighter you would want on your crew. Be 
ignited.